Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Good afternoon, everybody. It is Sunday afternoon in Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania. My name is Adam Bittner, Assistant Sports Editor for Multimedia at the Pittsburgh Post-Gazette. Back for our Steelers post-game show once again with Paul Zeiss, uh, Post-Gazette sports columnist after a 16-10 Steelers victory against the Bengals in Cincinnati. A lot of ball moving, not a lot of scoring. It was a pretty interesting day for the offense, so I'm actually excited to dig into this one, Paul, because sometimes you and I talk every week about how it feels like we're watching the same game over and over. For good or for or for worse, this was a different game than I feel like we've watched for most of the season. Was it? They played a terrible quarterback who couldn't score if you and I were playing on defense, and they, they won by 16-10 to 10 again, once again having to kind of hold on at the end. I mean, yeah, they moved the ball. They got more yards, so that's great. But it's at the end of the day the same exact formula they've used to win every single game. And they've scored 16 points. That's what I, I, I can't I can't emphasize enough how much I think I've saw some progress in this offense. But at the end of the day, they scored 16 points. So I, I don't know that. I, I mean, and, and they played against a, a team that we could have put out there, I think, on the field for another four quarters. And I don't know that they could have scored another touchdown because Jake Browning is terrible. So um, it's it's great. I hope that they get better, but I'm tired of all these people who, you know, the, the, the narrative they want so badly to be is that kid, man, Matt Canada was 100% the problem. Well, I mean, he was part of the problem, obviously, and I think we all agreed on that. But at the end of the day, they still only scored 16 points. So, what, you know, who, who are we going to blame for that? I've, I've already seen people blaming Mike Tomlin for not challenging a, a drop touchdown. That's why we didn't score 23. I mean, again, if you want the narrative to be that they are, you know, significantly better because they got rid of Matt Canada, I'm all for it. But I look at them and say they played against a a team that is 30th in defense that gives up 24 points a game. They played against a team that basically had, what, 20-some minutes of, of possession time because their quarterback is so bad, and they scored 16 points. So it's... I think there's a lot to talk about. There's a lot that we can say, hey, they've done this better. But I will not allow people to not focus on the fact that they still only scored 16 points. Yeah, and I think that's fair, Paul. I think it's it's I think it's the easy, convenient narrative that, oh, Matt Canada's gone and everything's great. I don't agree with that, but I think I might be a little bit more optimistic about what I saw today than, than maybe you were. So I'm excited. Well, I mean, I, 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 Adam, I think there's stuff to build on for sure. They did some good things and there's stuff to build on. But that, and so I'm not saying I'm optimistic or pessimistic, but I want people to pump the brakes with the whole thing. Well, you see, it was him. He was the problem. I mean, you know, they still only scored 16, but go ahead. 
Yeah, I think there's a level of fairness to that. We're going to dig all into all of that in a moment here. Before we do, just want to thank our primary sponsor for this episode of the podcast and every Steelers postgame show, Pella There's no better place to get new windows and doors installed in your home than Pella, who can help you save on energy costs year-round. Schedule a free in-home consultation with your local Pella windows and doors to find the right product for your home and budget. Give them a call at 866-593-1560 to discuss your project further. That's 866-593-1560 to get started planning on your new windows and doors installation with Pella Windows and Doors of Pittsburgh. Paul, here's what I'd say about the you still only get 16 points, but you move the ball. I'd rather have it be that way than the other way around. You look at that Browns game when they scored, what, 28 points? Um, But you get two defensive touchdowns, score 14 points. um, But you just felt like they couldn't move the ball. To me, finishing is probably the easier hurdle to clear than you can't move the ball at all. I think your argument is, well, they were playing a bad defense, but they've played a lot of bad defenses, Paul, over the course of this streak, which I just, right before we went on air here, um, this is the first time they've gone over 400 yards in the game since September 20th, 2020. So even before Matt Canada showed up, this was the best the best that they've moved the ball Um you don't think there's any merit to you'd rather have them move the ball and not score than the other way around where maybe you're you're getting some points off of short drives and capitalizing on some mistakes but you're you can't sustain drives i'd rather them score points adam okay i i don't care how they get there i i would rather them score points now this is much better than what they did against the browns where they needed you know the two defensive touchdowns obviously and then last week when they could barely score or move the ball, absolutely. You want to tell me that was better than the two efforts against the Browns, but again, the narrative in those games was the Browns' defense is really good. So to me, I'm like, I mean, so are we to take that to mean if they played the Browns today, if they could only muster 16 against the, the Bengals, who are 30th in defense, and, and and give up 24 a game, are we to, you know, what would they have scored last week? You know, what would they have scored if the Browns' defense showed up today? Eight? Seven? So, I mean, my point is, I, I, I think that there are some good things we can talk about and things that you can say, well, boy, yes. You know, they were able to sustain some drives and move the ball a little bit, and that was wonderful. Um, but let's not lose sight of the fact they still have to learn how to score points. Yeah, and I mean, that's a skill. And, and you, you know, you have that fumble. You can't have the turnovers when they had them. And that's how you would take a day where you move the ball. And, and in another circumstances where you're playing Joe Burry, you might lose this game and you might lose it, you know, rather easily. I mean, I, I can certainly see the arguments for all that. Paul, what was the substantive difference for you offensively in this game? To me, it was the fat Pat Fryermuth was involved, that they involved the middle of the field. Um, but there were also some go balls that, that I, I don't know that we've really seen them been, a, been able to execute, have interest in, in really attacking. Um, what, what did you see that was different today than, than you've seen under Matt Canada that encourages you? Well, throwing the ball down the middle was a big thing. I mean, getting the ball to Pat Fryermuth, getting the ball in the, in the scene, getting the ball down the middle and using Fryermuth the way that he should be used, which is a, a, as an extra receiver more so than a tight end. I think that was a big thing. Uh, I thought Kenny Pickett threw the ball better today. You know, a lot of the throws that he made were accurate. I mean, they were on time and they were accurate. He made a couple of throws down the field. I thought were great throws. The one to Pickens was that when it comes to mind. The one to uh, Deontay Johnson on the sideline comes to mind. I thought that they ran the ball. They ran the ball with more consistency today. Um, they did a better job of keeping Kenny Pickett upright. And, and so I think there's a lot of things that you can look at from today's game and say, yeah, they did better. They absolutely did better. The, the passing game, though, if you're asking me what's the big, what was the biggest difference today, I thought the execution of the passing game was clearly the biggest thing. 
Why don't you think Pat? I mean, obviously, some of it has been injury, right? Pat Fryermuth was injured for for a long stretch of the season, wasn't in there, wasn't an option. I don't think Darnell Washington has that skill set. That's why you know they weren't able to involve him in the way we saw Pat Fryermuth be involved today. So there's I think a lot of reasons that go into that, but there's also been games that he's been on the field for the whole field or for the whole game and been invisible. Do you think it was a philosophical thing with Matt Canada? Is that the maybe the biggest difference is that, that Mike Sullivan and Eddie Faulkner do not seem to have the same fear of, um, you know, getting those guys involved with that part of the field. Well, it, it seems like if you looked at the past chart every single week, that Matt Canada has had some sort of a, 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 an issue with throwing the ball to the middle of the field. There's no question, right? I mean, if you look at the passing chart and after every single game, it just looked like that's the way the offense flowed. Uh, now, of course, the all 22 experts on, on Twitter all wanted to tell us that there were guys open in the middle and Kenny just wasn't throwing it to them. Um, I, I just have a hard time believing that. I have a hard time believing that it consistently every single week. And now all of a sudden this week, he figures it out and starts throwing it across the middle, uh, up the middle. I, I think, honestly, it, it was a philosophical thing with Canada um, and that his offense was supposed to flow the way that it flowed. Um, but today... When you throw the ball up the middle, you know, now it'll be interesting to see because the, who do they play next week? The Cardinals, the defensive coordinator of the Cardinals will now have a chance to see this, this offense as it's reconfigured and, and you know, we'll probably, we'll try and do some things differently. I'm sure to take Pat Fryermuth away a little bit, but at the end of the day, um, you know, he's healthy. That's exactly how you should use it. That's exactly how I envisioned them using him when he was drafted. And, um, and so if they can continue to build on that, then, yeah, I think points will follow eventually down the road. Uh, but uh, today, you know, as, as far as what they did, I'm just not going to go crazy uh, like some people are, acting like, you know, the Steelers' offense all of a sudden is back and they're going to become, you know, this dominant force. I think we saw some good things. The biggest thing is Pat Fryermuth being used in the middle of the field as a weapon. Uh, what really, really helped, especially on some of those uh, drives where they were looking for third downs or they were looking to move the ball a little bit. We talked a little bit about Kenny Pickett, Paul. I, th- I thought he looked a little more uh, confident in the face of pressure or, or in the pocket. I don't even know if in, in the face of pressure is, is the right way to say it because um, I think they did a nice job of, of protecting him today better than they have in past weeks. Um, and with you know a decent pass rusher in Hendrickson on the other side, um, but he, he just looked better in the pocket, more decisive um, and quicker than we have seen him be this season. Um, was that your read, or, or did you see something else from him? No, I thought he played better. I thought he played a lot better. He was, the biggest thing was he was, on, he was accurate and on time. Whether that's confident or whatever that is, he was accurate and he was on time. Uh, if you're accurate and you're on time in the NFL, you have a chance to move the ball. And, and I thought for the, you know, for the most part, he only had a few misfires, but for the most part, he, he put the ball where he needed to. He was quick. He was decisive. You know, all of that stuff that we've been waiting for to kind of see from him. I thought he showed it all today. I thought it was really good. I thought you had a lot of good stuff from Kenny Pickett. If he plays that game, you know, if, if he plays the way he played today down the stretch every single time, I mean, what's the upside for this team? How many how many games can you win if if you get that version of Kenny Pickett? Because I think what we're we're really talking about here, Paul, is no, this does not look like the Killer Bees offense. Uh, you know, you got to see a lot more than one game. You got to see them score more points. You got to see them finish drives. Um, but what I'm seeing, Paul, is is a foundation of you know what I've been saying for two years. I, I said the Steelers have to be a decent, good team by the end of of this season to justify kind of moving forward with with the way things are, are constructed. 
And I'm starting to see the foundations of that offensively. Um, what is, what's your read on, on that question of, of, okay, yeah, that you have to see more, but you're starting to see the bones of something that can be a, a, a decent foundation and, and maybe win some playoff games. Well, I mean, I think again, it, the, the biggest thing and the biggest question is the passing game. And, and I, I'm still, I, I still have to see more from the receivers, but I think if the receivers catch the ball, like they did for the most part today, and they play the way they did today, I think if they get what they got from the running game today um, and Pickett continues to get better, yeah, absolutely. They've got a chance to be pretty good. But again, it always goes back to this for me. Who are you playing against? And the Bengals are, to me, a team that look like they quit. And what I mean by that is once they lost Joe Burrow, I would be willing to bet if they go – it won't shock me if they go in a tank. They fought hard today. But at some point, you know what? They just kind of you, you, you throw up your arms when you know that you've got a quarterback that can't score, that can't move you down the field, and all that other stuff. So I, I just need to see more. Now again, will we will we know more next week? No, because the Cardinals stink too. And the next week after that, it'll be the same kind of game like this, where you know what? They play the Patriots, who scored I think a total of seven points today against a bad Giants team, right? So, I mean, I fully expect them to be 9-4, and four, and I don't know that we will know a whole lot more about this team than we do right now because other than unless their offense really starts to rack up points. But if it's two more games like this where you win, you know, you beat the Cardinals 17-13 to 13 or something, you know, something ugly like that, or beat the, you know, then beat the uh, Patriots, you know, 16-7 uh, to seven or something, I just don't know if I can get all that excited about it until I see them play a game where they play really well and they beat a team because of their offense uh, and because they're able to move the ball and because they're able to get first downs and because they're able to, you know, score touchdowns. Uh, I just don't know when we'll see that just because again, uh, everybody was triggered when Tom Brady said it. Yeah, it was it this week when he said, basically this is a really watered down NFL product right now. It is. I know the NFL is King and you know, all the betting that people do and everyone loves it and loves watching it and all the other stuff. I get it. Uh, it is the king. But right now, this league is just not very good. It's really not that interesting to watch most games. And I think that, you know, so to me, I, I want to see the Steelers. They better be 9-4. and four. There's no excuse for them not to be 9-4. and four. Then they go, I think, and play at Indianapolis. I mean, that'll be a little bit of a, a more interesting of a, of a test. You know what I mean? But for the most part, I think if you go 9-4, and four, uh, you're obviously putting yourself in a great position to be in the playoffs, and that's what they need to do. Uh, but I would like to see them score more points against the Cardinals and score more points against the Patriots than they did today. Yeah, I think that's fair, Paul. And, and I think you know the effort you want to see from the Steelers on a weekend, week-in, week-out basis is score between, I don't know, 24, 30 points, um, play some good defense. And, and I think that's like the upside here. I don't think you're going to go out there and win a ton of shootouts. But to, to, I was going to get into this later in the show, but to, to the point that you're making is it's a watered-down league. Doesn't that also play in the Steelers' favor a little bit of which teams in the AFC can they not beat? And and I, I, I don't know how long that list is at this point. I think it's Kansas City. I think it's maybe Miami. Um, they've already beaten Baltimore. They've already beaten Cleveland once. Um, they, they you, You've got Houston out there as a team that I think – Handled them pretty well. Jacksonville, I think those are, are two tough teams that if you have to go there, they're going to have to get a lot better to beat those teams when they couldn't earlier in the season. But I can still imagine them beating those teams. Um, does, does, does the fact that the league is watering down encourage you at all in terms of this team's possible outlook? Absolutely. 
Absolutely. There's no question about it. If you look at where the, it's probably gonna it's probably gonna go, I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna go out on a limb and say uh, the uh, uh, Chiefs will win the number one seed. The Ravens will probably be the two seed. The Dolphins will be the three seed, right? And that would leave what Jacksonville is the four seed. Actually, now that now that Jacksonville won today against the Texans, I think they might be the three seed. And let's say the Dolphins are the four seed. I think the Steelers will be the five seed. I mean, you're talking about the Steelers at the Dolphins in, in week one of the playoffs. That's a game they could win. I know everyone's in love with the, the Dolphins, and the, but that, that to me looks like a soft team that doesn't want to play physical, in-your-face, you know, main kind of football that, that the Steelers play. I, I just I just think, I, I think that, you know, Mike McDaniels is a meek, mild little man, and his team plays that way. And so when they can get up and down the field and score 47,000 points and, you know, everything is going great, okay, they can look really good. But when a team steps up and just sort of punches them in the mouth, they've lost every game they play that way. So that would be a great matchup for the Steelers, if you ask me. Yeah, and so I think that's that's what we have to couch all of these these conversations in is who's really doing it better better right now. And, and I, you know, I, I don't think the Steelers are, are where they should be, but – um, you know, I think you can look around the AFC in particular and say well, you could be worse in, in most circumstances. I think the Chiefs are better. I think the Ravens are better. And I think that Jacksonville's better. That's it. I yeah. I, 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 I think the Steelers are at the worst, the fourth best team in the, in the, in, in, and I know it sounds crazy because they just lost to the Browns, yada, yada, yada. I want to see Dorian Thompson Robinson get this team to the playoffs, even though they've got eight, what do they got? Seven wins or eight wins or whatever they have. I think I they got seven last week. Yeah. Yeah. I I mean, it won't shock me if they lose to Denver today. You know, at, at Denver, I, I want to see Dorian Thompson Robinson win at Denver today. And I have a sneaking suspicion that, that he won't. So my point is, I I know they just lost to the Browns. I really believe if you look at the Steelers, they're probably the fourth best team in the AFC, which to me speaks a lot more about the AFC than it does the Steelers. But well, at the end of the day, and the NFL what? in general, I'm getting to yeah. that, that was Brady's point is, is that, the, you know, right. the, this is the, we are used to something different than I think the NFL is giving us writ large. And that, I think, lowers the bar for the Steelers a little bit offensively, even though it doesn't always look pretty. Um, they're getting it done and other teams aren't. And so one I think you got to give them that. One of the most significant numbers of Kenny Pickett, it's been like 240 passes without an interception. Right. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, what's name had a fumble today. Jalen Warren had a fumble today, but the Steelers don't turn the ball over hardly ever. You just don't turn the ball over. Guess what? You're going to put yourself in a lot of games. Um, and so I think that's a big part of it is, you know, and, and, and one of the biggest things, Adam is we sort of moved on from the, you know, the glory days of Aaron Rodgers, Tom Brady, Peyton Manning, you know, that whole group of quarterbacks, Right. They were, you know, they were all over the lakes, you know, and guess what? One by one, they've all, you know, uh, they've all, even a guy like Matt Ryan, you know, who I don't think people remember, he was really, really pretty good quarterback, you know, especially in the regular season. You know, you don't even see guys like that hardly at all. But there was, you know, a group of about 10 or 10 or 11 or 12 quarterbacks that were all really good. And I don't know that we have that right now. I think we've got a lot of guys we're trying to figure out. You know, uh, is Trevor Lawrence, is he at that level? Is he going to be, I, I mean, today he looked pretty good, but he's had a lot of games where he hadn't looked so good. 
You know? he, has, he has a long way to go. I've been meaning to say this at, at some point, Paul, for some time. I just, how many all timers are we really watching right now? And, and I think Mahomes is one. I think if you see it from Jalen Hurts a couple more years, I think you could possibly start putting him on that list, particularly with how unique his his skill set is. Um, beyond that, I you know <laughs> I think it's, it, you can see you can see an argument for guys, but I, I don't see anyone out there right now that I'm like that is a surefire Hall of Famer. Yeah, well, what's interesting? Five. What's interesting to me is the second best quarterback in my mind. Okay, the second best quarterback in the league is on a team that cannot win. Because their defense is bad and because the franchise seems to be cursed and they're horribly coached. But Herbert is really, really – I don't think people watch the Chargers enough to realize how good that guy is <laughs> and his team can't win. And so, I mean, you, to your point, is he an all-timer? Well, not yet because he's, I think, 30 and 30 in his 60 games as a starter. But, you know, that he's the kind of guy that we used to see like a bunch of. You know, there's five, six, seven, eight guys that can sling it like that. Um, Jalen Hurts to me, I think, is a really good player. Uh, and he's a leader and he's got some good characteristics, but I don't know if I'm ready to put him, you know, in, in all time or you know, I've, I've obviously people want to put CJ Stroud in the Hall of Fame already. I mean, can we get him? Can we let him play up more than a season before he's go crazy about him? I mean, go around the league, that's the big thing. Tua, where does he fit? I mean, sometimes I watch Tua, and again, it's always against teams that stink, but when, when I watch those times when you watch Tua and he looks really good, and then there's times when you play against a good defense that's physical, that gets up in his face a little bit, and he's terrible. I mean, I just don't know that the league right now, the league has a real quarterback problem. And, you know, maybe it's just because these guys are all young and they're all going to grow up and get better over the next few years, but right now, Seriously, if you I don't I, I don't care that he's got Edward Scissorhands playing receiver for him. I don't know how you pick against the Chiefs as long as that guy's healthy cuz he's by far and away the best player at that position and as we find out in this league, you don't have to score that many points in order to win games because a lot of other teams don't have great quarterbacks, you know? And yeah, so and, and think- so, you know, I look at Mahomes, I mean, he's so much better than every other quarterback in the league. And 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 so if he can just get to the point where his guys can actually start catching the ball, I'm not sure how you pick against them. Um, but other than that, honestly, you know, I could see a scenario where Lamar Jackson got really hot and put up a bunch of numbers here and there. But, you know, he's never he's, – he's, what's he have, one playoff win? I mean, I, there, to I, your I, point, there's nobody in the playoffs – outside of maybe Kansas City that I think right. the Steelers could not beat. Yeah, and I think we're omitting from this conversation Joe Burrow because he's hurt. Um, oh, I forgot all know, about but, but he's I really think, good I think he's probably I think he probably has a pretty good chance of being on that all-timer list. Um, but he's not to your point he's not around this year and I think that's relevant to the Steelers. Paul, last thing I wanted to ask you about on offense is um, Deontay Johnson had I thought a very interesting day. Ruined that first drive by running backwards. Um, I, I don't know why. I, I don't know. I can't name one time it's ever worked. It, it just seems like something he was able to do in the MAC back at, at Toledo that you can't do in the NFL. They're, they're, these guys are too fast. You cannot outrun them that way. Um, does that drops the touchdown? Maybe it should have been a touchdown. I guess I'll get your thoughts on on you know whether it should have been a touchdown, whether it should have been a challenge. Uh, but then doesn't hustle on on the fumble. Um, but then, you know, make some some big catches today, too. What's what's your read on where he is, especially in the context of that report yesterday saying he was getting in fights? Um, <laughs> there's just just a lot going on with that guy right now. 
He should worry about playing football and not worry so much about doing all the other stuff he seems to be getting involved in. I mean, at the end of the day, Adam, and this is what's really frustrating. That was, uh, uh, you know, you, you named three plays there that really kind of in some ways changed the game, right? Running backwards, dropping a touchdown pass, which, again, I wish I knew. Listen, I think referees don't even know the definition of a catch. So then we I see on Twitter all these people that are arguing definitively one way or another about whether it's a catch or not. I always laugh. I'm willing to admit I have no idea what a cat, what an actual catch is in that situation, Adam. I have no idea because I've seen that called a touchdown. I mean, yesterday in the Michigan game, when didn't we see a similar play where they called it a touchdown? I guess right. Yeah, I know exactly what play you're talking because you know I was I mean? with the TV for like Joel Klatt loves to inject doubt where there is none into some of these calls, and he's to me the ball. I thought both of them were touchdowns. The ball's dead when you possess right. it in the end zone. Right. Um, I I thought it was a touchdown, but. You know. But that's my and that's my point. We have two plays, very very similar, right? And one's a touchdown and one's not. And you know you can say, well, one's college and one's it's the same rule basically. And you know what? I've seen NFL plays that same play that DJ Deontay Johnson made be called not touchdowns. I've seen it be called touchdowns. I've seen catches, you know, where it's like uh, a guy, you know, guy has the ball for half a step. And they, you know, they say, well, that's enough. And I've seen guys take two steps and they, well, it was incomplete because he never had control. I mean, again, I just, I wish I could tell you definitively, like some people on, on, on X and Twitter and social media would love to think they're experts, but when the referees don't even know what it is, I think, I feel like the referees at times are guessing at that role. You know what I mean? That I, I just have to say when, when I see that, I have no idea whether it was a touchdown or not. I, 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 if someone, I, if someone were to ask me, I'd say this: it was called not a touchdown, so it's not a touchdown. But, but nevertheless, Deontay Johnson could have made it easier by just holding on to the ball, right? Exactly. right? I mean, that's there's, the, there's no question. That's the end of the. That's the end of that that discussion. Hold on to the ball, and we're not talking. We're not even talking about it. Um, but the, but, but the play that was inexcusable was the fumble, where Jalen Warren fumbles and Deontay Johnson. Doesn't even think about taking or making any kind of effort to go get the ball or make a tack or do anything. He just stands on the, sort play. Of he on the play. I don't get it. I have no idea. That's the kind of thing right there where if you are the uh, if you are the uh, coaching staff, you cannot be happy with that. Yeah, I agree. And 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 you can't have like what do you what do you tell you know peewee players? You, you play through the whistle. You play right. the end of the play. And and then you know figure it out from there. He didn't play his, the way through the play, so I think um, you know that, that's a mark against him. Paul, I want to get into the defense here in a minute. Uh, just want to thank a couple more sponsors: Goldberg, Persky, and White. If you were diagnosed with mesothelioma or lung cancer, call your local attorneys at Goldberg, Persky, and White. For over forty years, their firm has represented thousands of lung cancer and mesothelioma victims. Call one eight hundred Complex or visit gpwlaw.com for a free consultation. Also want to thank Propel Schools. Propel's 13 public charter schools in Allegheny County build a solid academic foundation for lifelong learning and offer more personalized instruction at every level during your child's kindergarten through 12th grade education journey. Give your children the quality education they deserve. Learn more and apply to Propel Schools by visiting propelschools.org. Um, Paul, I, I know your thoughts on Jake Browning and how he fit into this game today. Still, I felt pretty encouraged from what we saw from, from this defense. There were times that it, it felt dominant. 
when Minka Fitzpatrick, TJ Watt, Alex Highsmith are all cooking at the same time. It's terrifying to watch. I think there are better quarterbacks that would have been in a bad spot today if that's how they played. Um, are, are you starting to see this defense up front start to look like it was supposed to before Cam Hayward goes down week one? I mean, the defensive front seven is what it is. It's great. There's no question about it. You know, uh, I mean, they're, they're unbelievable. They, they get after the quarterback. They do this and that and the other thing. But, you know, I just have such a hard time watching a team. I can't evaluate a team when they've got a guy who's so bad. He, he's probably the worst quarterback that will start a game this weekend, Jake Browning. And so, you know, I think, you know, and then, and then you see stuff like, the, the the tight end not knowing that he's he's supposed to uh, 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 block uh, uh, T.J. Watt. I mean, that's all part of probably Jake Browning not seeing the protection and not calling it outright. You know, I mean, um, so I think that, that that they are good. They're going to get after the quarterback. They're gonna they're gonna make it really difficult on teams that way. I thought that the you know the Bengals basically. I don't know if Joe Mixon you know uh, is is nearly as effective when you don't have um, to worry about Joe Burrow and T Higgins and company throwing the ball over the field. I mean, that's, I think that's a big part of it as well. You know, uh, I would have liked to have seen this game with T Higgins and Joe Burrow in it, not because of any other reason other than it's so hard to watch NFL games anymore where both teams have competent, you know, offenses and quarterbacks and everything else. It'd be nice, you know, like, uh, like I'm watching, uh, I mean, as soon as I'm done here, we'll watch the uh, Eagles and the Bills, I guess. You know, that could be kind of interesting because I think both teams have a chance to move the ball and maybe score some points. But what is what? Highsmith is Highsmith. Hayward is Hayward. What else, what else do you want to say other than when those guys are going at it? And, you know, Landon Roberts has been a good player in the middle for them. So um, the, the Steelers are going to be hard to really uh, move the ball and get consistent uh, points against. I think that they're going to be – I still think they're vulnerable to big plays because I don't know how great their corners really are. Um, I think they've been helped out a lot by the pass rush. But I think if you can block up the Steelers, you have a chance to throw the ball and make some plays in the, in the passing game. So we'll see if that is able to be a trend or not. But, yeah, I love I love their front seven. That's that's the, Those guys are really fun to watch. Yeah, it'll be interesting to see how if they can finally really hit a different gear once they get Minka Fitzpatrick back and, and you have all those pieces together going down the stretch here. Can you can this round into being a Super Bowl caliber defense? I think you started to see some of the foundations today. Of course, you want to see it against better competition. Paul, uh, two weeks ago, you and I talked about how important it was for them to get a split of these two games with the Browns and Bengals. They've now done that. Um They've got a couple layoffs, what I think would be layoffs the next couple weeks. That gets you, like you were saying earlier in the show, nine and four. I think we're both in agreement that this is a playoff team at this point. Um, but how high do you think they will be seated? I know you said you could see them being the fourth best team in the AFC, um, maybe a five seed. Do you think that they will get there and win the games necessary, get to 11, 12? Um, I don't know, maybe 13, 13 sounds like a lot, but in the context of the extra – games that the NFL has in there, could they get to 13 wins? Um, what, what are you looking at in, in terms of, of where this team can go? I think 11 or 12 is, is the ceiling, and that'll be it. I think they're going to be the five seed. I think the Ravens will win the division, so that, that you know puts them out of the conversation for the top four seed, but I think they'll be the top wild card. So I expect, you know, first playoff game is going to be either them in 
them in Miami or them in Jacksonville. I, 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 that's what I would expect their first playoff game is going to be. That's you know what I mean. That's that's realistic to me. I think the Ravens will win the division because I think they'll beat the Steelers in the last week of the season. Um, and 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 although I'll tell you this much right now, don't be shocked if the Ravens lose tonight. Uh, that's the kind of game the Chargers again. The Chargers are in every game. They're scary because I'm telling you, they've got probably the second best quarterback in the league. The problem is the defense is terrible, right? They make stupid plays. I saw something today where um, in, in 30 games, I want to say, uh, Adam, he's like said it, in in, thir- in 60 games that he's been, you know, the starting quarterback for, right? I want to say that they have scored, say, you know, 2,905 points. They've given up 2,904 points, literally. Like, but this is the kind of game that's scary. Like, like the Chargers, to me, if I was the Steelers, for instance, right, and you said you got the Browns in a playoff game, I might, you, I'd even say the Dolphins in a playoff game. Or you, and, and you've got, you know, um, or you've got the Chargers. Even though the Chargers have a terrible record and their coach is going to get fired, I'd rather, much rather play those other two teams because because of Herbert, they're going to be scary every single week. Now, their defense stinks, but we've seen the Steelers' offense not exactly be able to take advantage of, of bad defenses all the time. And if it got into a thing where Herbert started feeling it and it got became a shootout, now all of a sudden it becomes a scary game. So I will not be surprised if the, both the Browns and the Ravens lose today. Uh, but I still think in the end that the Ravens will probably find a way to win the division. The Steelers will finish with the five seed, probably a first round game at Miami or Jacksonville. And we'll see from there. Yeah, I think if you're the Steelers, those, those are pretty good scenarios, too, because I think that you can make those not like true road games. Right. Those are stadiums that the Steelers, Steelers fans can and have taken over. Um, and, and that could make those games a little bit more winnable as well than if you have to go. To Kansas City, if you have to go, I mean, I don't know if Buffalo is going to be there, but if you had to go to Buffalo, places like that where Steelers fans are going to have a hard time getting in, um, you know, I think it's easy to start thinking about the path if, if you can go through those places. But Paul, um, a lot more to talk about this week. Christopher Carter will be back on the North Shore Drive on Monday. Make sure you're subscribed to the YouTube channel for that. Uh, make sure you like this video if you enjoyed it. Help us out in the YouTube algorithm. Paul and I will be back next Thursday. Um, we'll be talking a little bit more about you know the fallout from this game and looking forward to the game against the Cardinals. And then, of course, we'll be back here next week after the game. Um, so lots lots of Steeler talk to come throughout the week. Make sure you're tuned in. And Paul, any final thoughts? No, just I mean it was a good step forward. I don't. I mean, I, first of all, you got to understand, Adam. I come from three and a half, almost four hours, about three and a half hours of the chat. So when I come on these videos, yeah, I'm usually cranky. By the middle of the video, I start settling in. But I have to three and a half hours of dealing with, you know, the toddlers on the chat. And I'm not saying most of the people are good, but you know what I mean. The, the people that just there, want. You, I was in there when you were out last week, Paul. Yeah, you know what I mean? We're just so, the swim of motion are, are unbelievable. Right. So it's one of those things where I come off the chat, I'm probably a little bit more uh, irritated than I should be. And therefore I'm a little more emotional. So I don't want to come off. Like, I don't think the Steelers made progress today. They did make progress today, but at the end of the day, all I'm trying to say is they only scored 16 points. So they have to do better than that. Right. 
put in a couple of those field goals, the touchdowns, get to 23, 24 points. Now we're really talking about something that really, really is significant progress. Yeah, and, and I, I, the point that I, I think we've seen progress, I, today was progress. I, I will agree with you, though. You need to see a game where they move the ball like that, they score 24, 25, 26 points, somewhere in that neighborhood, and, and they look like they did to defensively today. I think that's the Steelers' best game. I think that's the formula to win, and we have not seen them put together a game like that yet. And until they do, I think it's, it's reasonable to question them. But, Paul, um, great conversation. Looking forward to continuing it throughout the week. Um, I'll see you again soon, and I'll talk to you all again, and hopefully soon as well. Take care. All right. We'll see you, man. Thank you for checking out this content from Post-Gazette Sports. If you watch this video on YouTube, please like the video and subscribe to our channel. For all of the sports coverage the Post-Gazette has to offer, visit post-gazette.com.